0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, man, do I have the best deal for you. How about going with my friends at Online? This is one of the busiest times of year. College football, NFL, hockey is starting, NBA upcoming, baseball playoffs soon as well. Plus, hey, the Ryder Cup so you can lay some money down on Team USA as well. 50% off. Your welcome bonus today with Bet Online. Head on over to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. It's a 50% bonus up to $1,000 with our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. B L E A V. Bet Online. BetOnline.ag is the website. BetOnline, where the game starts. Fall is simply football season, and fans across the country are hoping that preseason hype leads to postseason success. In the NFL, we'll see if early Super Bowl favorites like the Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, and Bills can hold off up-and-comers. And And college football fans are wondering if Georgia will make it a three-peat, or if top-ranked challengers like Michigan or Florida State can take home the national championship trophy. The college football and NFL seasons are defined by big plays, injuries, and coaching decisions. As a football fan, I also want to hear about the behind-the-scenes and off-field stories that shape the season. The football interviews and topics you hear on the ML Sports Platter are shaped by lessons learned at St. Bonaventure University. The Online Master of Arts and Sports Journalism at St. Bonnie equips reporters and hosts for digital storytelling across the sports world. Students learn how to tell compelling stories through digital and traditional platforms. They are also encouraged to envision the future of sports journalism with their capstone project. This 100% online degree builds on decades of academic excellence, and I'm a proud Bonnie, and I can tell you that you can join me in a growing list of notable graduates, including the New York Post Mike Vaccaro and ESPN's Raina Banks. In fact, you'll hear from an accomplished alum or industry expert during video masterclasses in each course. Contact an enrollment advisor at sbujournalism.com. That's sbujournalism.com today to learn more about the online master of sports journalism. That's sbujournalism.com. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by CH Insurance, Bonnet Sales and Service, Jam and Beats, and Rosie's Corner. Make sure if you're in and around Central New York. Stop by for all that amazing comfort food. Meatloaf Monday, Turkey Slop Tuesday, Chicken and Biscuit Wednesday, and of course, the Fish Friday each and every week. The ML Sports Platter thanks friends of the program as well, like the Swan and Whitaker families, Bob Lindsley and Daryl Aber. All right. Here's your NFL Week Five recap, and I'm actually doing it on a Monday morning ahead of the Packers and Raiders. Just have a lot of things booked this week, and wanted to get the recap out there. Uh, you're going to hear, uh, obviously, uh, you know my prediction and, and a little bit of a, uh, I, I think a Raider win. Actually, I, I don't know. I have a really weird feeling about this. I think that's uh, something you probably heard in my preview of the week last week. But um, you know, look, it's all about Jordan Love and fantasy for me tonight, right? I mean, we got to get, uh, we got to get. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, I think another eight or nine points and we'll be uh, off and running. But uh, the the Raiders at home, uh, I think this is a season saver for them. I think the backs are against the wall. I normally wouldn't do this. Josh McDaniels, don't trust him. Uh, They've had quarterback problems, the injury, Jimmy G. But I think Devontae Adams comes to play. I think Josh Jacobs runs as you know, what off and I think they win a close game. Uh, against the Packers at home. So, with that being said, Green Bay will probably win and then you guys will be like, "Uh, you idiot. Anyway, uh, recap and everything though, going all the way back to last Thursday with the Bears against the Commanders. uh, I knew I should have picked the Bears in the Pick'em League because remember, again, when you are talked about positively... You know, you have to pick against the team negatively. When you're talking about negatively, the players hear that, and then you got to pick for the team positively. So the Bears heard everything all week. They heard about how they were done, there was a, a catastrophe in the organization, uh, dysfunction. Uh, A million different things going on. Uh, You know, Justin Fields can't play. Uh, The whole Claypool situation, which ended up, uh, you know, uh, being a trade to Miami. And they just came out and absolutely whooped up on the Commanders and just an unbelievable offensive effort. Justin Fields, two weeks in a row now, has played unbelievable. I think it's, what, eight touchdowns in two weeks. And DJ Moore was outstanding. And so uh, the Bears get it done 40-40. 220. twenty, uh, really was impressed with the offensive outpouring there by Chicago. Saints beat the Patriots thirty-four to nothing. Don't really know what to say besides the Patriots are pathetic. They have no offensive identity. Mac Jones benched again. They can't move the football. And uh, you know when you can't just do anything on offense, you're going to get beat every single week. I mean they can literally do zero. They're also zero and three at home and one and four now overall. That is brutal. Jaguars over the Bills twenty-five to twenty. Pretty simple here. It took three quarters or so for the Bills offense to get going. Uh, You can blame the travel, you can blame this, you can blame that, you can blame the field. Um, You know, I don't know why the Bills put Von Miller out there. I don't know why the Bills traveled late in the week. Um, I would have tried to have have gotten the body clocks going a little bit early in the week here. Um, You know, the Jaguars defense stopped the Bills run. Uh, A lot of times the Bills um, you know they tried to run when they shouldn't have. They were starting to open up the offense. They had drop balls. I mean, look at James Cook on the opening drive. He had a drop. Gabe Davis had an early drop. Dawson Knox drops the ball all the time. Uh, between all those things, I do not think it was Josh Allen's fault in this game. I mean, he had 373 yards, you know, from scrimmage and three total touchdowns, two of which were throws. Um, there was the interception that was probably underthrown a bit, but Stephon Diggs still had a chance to go up and get it um, against a five nine corner. So um, you know, it just wasn't there day the injuries are killing him defensively I mean it looks like Daquan Jones with the Peck injury is going to be out at least another six to eight weeks uh, or, or I should say six to eight weeks minimum uh, and then Matt Milano's gone for the year with 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 what we think is not only a broken leg but also a torn uh, ACL uh, it's just devastation on the, the the defensive side of the ball last week it was Trey white out for the year um, you know the bills had almost climbed back and won the damn thing as well I mean um, you know this game was 11 to seven going into the fourth quarter so the defense did everything that they could they were were throwing out, uh, you know, no-name players, backups, Kingsley, Jonathan, and company uh, were trying to do their, you know, hold their own, uh, you know, Kyrie was getting torched, Sean McDermott was guessing in the secondary, he was putting Micah Hyde on Calvin Ridley, who was unstoppable the entire game, uh, speaking of unstoppable, Travis Etienne was tremendous in this game, 136 yards and two touchdowns, the Jaguars certainly benefited from two weeks in London, they were a lot more rested, you could tell it right from the get-go, um, but no excuses for the Bills. Both teams played on the same field. I am interested, though, and I'm going to talk to Dr. David Geyer later this week to see how the rest factor and how the body clock factor can, uh, if anything, uh, contribute to injuries on the field. So uh, be prepared for that. But really, the Jaguars don't have a tremendous defense. It's an okay defense. They have three studs. They have Andre Sisco from Syracuse University. They have Trayvon Walker, and they have the other Josh Allen. Um, you know, I know he hates being called the other Josh Allen, but... Um, But whatever, Uh, those are the studs. Other than that, this is not, you know, don't mistake this team, you know, for the 85 Bears here. Uh, This is a team that, you know, it's a solid defense, but, you know, the Bills and Ken Dorsey, you know, a lot of drops, a lot of penalties, and calling runs when they shouldn't have, Uh, they should have kept, you know, throwing the ball, finding digs, and then from there opening up the run. Uh, but they were in too many situations where they ran it on first or second down, and then they got into third and long, and they punted their first four times. Then they punted, you know, six of the first seven times in terms of drives. So just a, a horrible loss for the Bills. But uh, even worse was the injury factor defensively. Meanwhile, Falcons 21-19 to uh, over the Texans at home. Uh, coup kicks the game winner. It was really about making plays in the end. Kyle Pitts was found. My goodness, Desmond Ritter. How about it? He had 329 yards and a touchdown actually played fairly well in this game against C.J. Stroud and a hot Texans team. Speaking of hot, Detroit Lions, ho oh baby, holy Motown. 42-24 winners over the Carolina Panthers. This was a man against a boy. The Panthers did not belong on the same field as Detroit. They just don't have enough firepower. And boy, does Detroit have firepower. My goodness. With Montgomery and with Jared Goff, who um, you know got four touchdowns uh, to help the Lions. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown, the defense is absolutely terrific uh, when they need to be. And uh, the the lines are rolling. They're a for real deal Holyfield team right now in the NFL. Colts twenty three to sixteen winners over the Titans. Three things here: Zach Moss has had a great year. He ran all over the place uh, against the Tennessee Titans. DeAndre Hopkins showed the Titans that maybe he does have a ton of gas left in the tank. That was a big thing for them. I think probably the biggest takeaway. And then the other one for the Colts, of course, is Anthony Richardson. I mean, they win this game, but it's like, dude, uh, he's got to get out of the pocket. That's where he is effective and all the rest. But dude, 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 dude is always hurt so far. And I'm at the point now early in a season where these Knicks and Knacks now are turning into bumps, bruises, and then some. Um, I'm concerned about Anthony Richardson's health. I mean, is he going to be, uh, you know, a human pinata here? Something to keep an eye as the Colts are 3-2, and two, and Shane Steichen, boy, does that seem like that's a great hire or what? And how about the coaches in that division? Mike Vrabel, Shane Steichen seems to be so far a home run hire. Doug Peterson with the Jacksonville Jaguars is terrific, and D'Amico Ryan so far has been wonderful for the Houston Texans. Meanwhile, Dolphins cruise 31-16 over the Giants. We'll see what happens with Daniel Jones this week as the Giants head to Western New York to take on the Buffalo Bills, but how do you cover these guys, man? A, a-, a chain, you've got Ty- Tyree Tua Tuatunga, T- Biola. they put up historic offensive numbers. They are back. It does help to play the Giants defense, but good grief. Every single time you look up, there's a guy in motion. There's somebody open. There's a play fake. There's a this. There's a that. The Dolphins roll. The Giants 31-16 in one of the great first five-game offensive starts we've seen in the NFL. The Miami Dolphins, by the way, are also 2-0 at home. The bloodbath, the rock fight in Pittsburgh is won by the Steelers, and of course, tremendous stuff at the end with Highsmith uh, stripping it and uh, getting it from Lamar and TJ Watt coming up with an unbelievable uh, you know, late fumble recovery. Lamar Jackson was horrendous in this game. Kenny Pickett made some awesome dime throws and, of course, George Pickens with an 130-yard game and one touchdown. It's amazing just when you think the Steelers are kind of dead and Matt Canada has no offensive this and that uh, in terms of play calling, and Kenny Pickett can't get out of his own way. They make a couple of big-time throws and then they get right back to Steeler football and they're 3-2 and two in the division. And two and one at home, and they're very alive with a really, really big time win over the Baltimore Ravens. You know, the Rams hung in there against the Eagles yet again, but the Eagles still have not played that all phase A plus football yet, and they're five and zero. That is a scary proposition for the rest of the NFL. The defense was outstanding in this game, including Hassan Reddick who came up with a big-time sack on 4th down in this game. Jalen Hurts, you know, I just brought up Shane Steichen. He's missed his OC the entire year, but every game he gets better. Every game he grinds. Every game he gets going, and this was a wonderful, wonderful job by Jalen Hurts in this football game. Through the air and on the ground, A.J. Brown was awesome in this game. 23-14, to the Eagles take care of the Rams. They move to 5-0, and and also on the road, the Eagles are a team to be reckoned with. 3-0. and They make all the big plays on 3rd down and 4th down, and they win on the road. That's a key sign right there of a great team. More Week 5 recap here on the ML Sports Platter next. We're all brought to you by Ken's Auto Detail and Camille's Golf Club, Elevate Fitness of Syracuse, and our great friends over at the Allen Angus Pub. Stop by before and after all the big events in central New York for the best darn Angus burger in town at the Allen Angus Pub. You can grab gift cards for every and any occasion as well. The Allen Angus Pub is the official pub of the ML Sports Platter. We'll get to the rest of the games coming up next on the MLSP. Back with you on the platter. It's all brought to you by Trey Waluski of Under Armour Golf and Courtney of Maple Down Senior Living Community. Let's get to the rest of the games. Bengals 34-20. Oh, wait. Joe Burrow, the calf, the leg. People said he was done. God, he looked pretty good yesterday. Holy cow, did he ever... And again, remember, I'm recording this on a Monday. He found Jamar Chase. It seemed like morning, noon, and night in this football game. Jamar Chase, you know, said he was always open, right? And I mean, was that a shot at his quarterback? I don't know. Well, guess what? His quarterback found him. I mean, he found him all day long. 15 catches, 192 yards, and three touchdowns. And Burrow went for 317 yards and three TDs himself. Did throw a bad pick, but not really that big of a deal. The one big thing for me was the Burrow, uh, you know, run where he kind of got away a little bit. And uh, gained a you know some chunk yardage there. That was a big, big, big deal for me because it just simply showed that okay, the legs are moving and uh, and 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 doing some things there. Um, the defense that has really failed the Bengals too at times, not being able to get off the field and get the ball back to the offense, actually showed up. They had two interceptions in this game uh, against Josh Dobbs. Um, And they also had three big-time sacks. And you had two and a half of those sacks from Trey Hendrickson, who along with Sam Hubbard, you know, he's a bookend defensive end. He, along with Hubbard, those two guys make this defense go around. That's why they've been so successful against the Patrick Mahomes-led Kansas City Chiefs because they can get after... The quarterback. They had a great mix of running and receiving. Um, You know, that Joe Mixon had 81 yards in this game. They were able to set up a lot of guys. I mentioned Chase, but it was Irwin, it was Boyd. Uh, You know, it was others getting involved as well. The Bengals, it was touch and go there for a bit. I mean, it was what, 14? They were down, Uh, they were up 17, 14. Uh, at halftime and then they were up uh, 24 to 20. So I mean it was kind of a dogfight and then in the fourth quarter it was Burrow making plays, Chase making plays and the defense making plays. The Bengals get a huge win and they are far from done. Far from done. They're too well coached. They have an elite quarterback, one of the top 3 in the entire game, the other two being Allen and Mahomes. And uh look, if they win another one, they'll be at 500 and I think they're going to maybe kind of go on cruise control some point during the season Jets go into (laughs) Denver and here we go again man (laughs) the Hackett-Payton stuff came up and the Jets made a ton of plays Breeze Hall had an unbelievably long run great playing by the Jets line of scrimmage was just won by New York when it mattered the most and uh, Zach Wilson was the better Wilson. I think Russell Wilson might be playing himself out of the Hall of Fame. I really do. This guy, I know he came into this game playing a lot better than last year. But seriously, this Denver tenure has been an absolute shit show. And the Jets saved their season two here a little bit, right? I mean, two and three, one and one away. I know they got to deal with the Eagles next. But there's some kind of a hope here. I mean, two and three looks a little bit different than, well, it looks a lot different than one and four, right? I always talk about that in the NFL, man. Three and four you know, looks a lot different than two and five, right? I mean, you know, four and five looks a lot different than three and six. I mean, it, it just, the the records, the way they look in the standings, the way look, you look on the field and all the rest, God, one and four, two and three. I mean, it's a big deal. Each game matters so much in the NFL. It is unbelievable. Kansas City Chiefs, really 27 to 20? Yeah, I know they have good players. I know they have Mahomes. I know they have Kelsey. I know that Andy Reid is their head coach. But seriously, can the officials give them any more? In this football game, seriously, on one sequence, one sequence, we saw a pass interference call, we saw a, a an illegal hands to the face, and we saw a, uh, a a player take off a helmet. Nothing was called, nothing. And you could see the two players huddle up next to the player and go, "Yeah, just put your helmet back on." And then Patrick Holmes like, "Oh, there wasn't a flag. Oh, okay, so there was. They put it back in the pocket. Like what?" What is going on here? What are we doing? Are we literally helping the Chiefs that much in this football game? I wanted the Vikings for a lot of reasons. One, can't stand Kansas City. Two, had Minnesota in my pick'em. Three, I have Cousins in Madison in my fantasy. And you know what? Four, I kind of want to see the Vikings do well. All right? I, I, I There's a lot of Minnesota in Buffalo and a lot of Buffalo in Minnesota, right? I mean, they've gone through the heartbreaking Super Bowl stuff. Uh, Kirk Cousins in the quarterback Netflix, you, you just kind of gravitate towards him. and really like the way he plays and, and feel for him, right? He's got an awful offensive line, and I just want the Vikings to do well. They have cool uniforms. They have an unbelievable fan base. Super disappointed they didn't win this game, and I am so pissed at the officials because if they get that PI call, it's like first and goal. Maybe they tied the game, and the crowd gets really into it. It's a tough place to play. The Chiefs have not been great yet this season despite their 4-1 mark and 3-0 road record. You never know. I was pissed. 49ers, I mean, what are you supposed to say here? 42-10, to they romp on the Dallas Cowboys. I can't get my eyes away from the screen when this team has the offensive, uh, uh, when they're on offense. When they have the football, it's a thing of beauty. What are you supposed to do? You know? What are you supposed to do? If McCaffrey's in motion and Iuke's in the slot and Debo's on the boundary, what are they doing? Are they going to play action McCaffrey and give it to Debo on the boundary? Are they going to pitch it to McCaffrey for a run? Are they going to do a reverse with Ayuk? Are they going to do a double reverse? Give it to Debo. Are they going to do a double reverse and then give it back to Brock Purdy on a flea flicker? Are they going to, you know, are they going to do a straight play action and hit George Kittle over the middle, you know, in between multiple defenders, just perfect throws that Purdy made all freaking night. And you know what? The time is now to stop with the doubting of Brock Purdy, right? How many times can you go and Chris Collins or said it? Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Because that seems to be the overwhelming thing with the 49ers. And it has been historically. Like the Bill Walsh West Coast offense. Yeah, it was a lot of Bill Walsh. It was a lot of system. It was a lot of West Coast. It was also a lot of Montana, Rice, John Taylor, Roger Craig, Brent Jones. Elite offensive line. Does that sound familiar? I'm not saying this unit's going to win four Super Bowls, man. But, but like, the yeah, buts have to start, you know, they have to start ending you know, because when I watch this guy and I watch the play action and I watch him handle things, he, he, he's flawless in a lot of things. He really is. Is he elite yet? I don't know. He probably needs to make it through this entire season. He needs to play in the postseason. Remember, he had the Tommy John problem last year. I mean, he threw for four touchdowns. He only had seven incompletions. He handles the offense. He's a leader. He's calm in the pocket. He throws a great deep ball. He takes what the defense gives him when it's there. His chemistry with Kyle Shanahan is excellent. Players play for him. And the other thing is, can we also please just mention that while he has McCaffrey and a stable of running backs, by the way, you know, Mason and company, Debo can catch it and run it, right? You got Debo, Ayuke, Kittle, all these superstars. Christian McCaffrey, the best defense in the NFL, arguably, arguably the best coach in the NFL. While he has all that, it would be easy to say, well, it's all that, and plus, you know, remember, this guy's a second-round pick, though. This guy's a fourth-round pick, though. This guy's a late first-rounder. No, 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 no. This is Mr. Irrelevant. So, we need to talk about that more, because Brock Purdy, most Mr. Irrelevants go into any situation. I don't care if they go into... Having a coaching staff that includes Vince Lombardi, Tom Landry, Chuck Knoll, Bill Walsh, you know, and, and Bill Belichick. This is Mr. Irrelevant out of Iowa State. He was picked 7th round, 252, guys and gals. Like, you go into a situation as Mr. Irrelevant, I don't care what you have. I don't care if you have Walter, Payton, Jerry Rice, Jim Brown as your backup running back. Well, he wouldn't be a backup to anybody. But you get the point, you know? You get the point. I mean, it's unbelievable. And this offense is humming. It is impossible to look away from them. They were blowing out the Dallas Cowboys. And I went, I think, into bed to read some articles. But I knew that the game was coming back in the fourth. And I'm like, hmm, this game is 28-10. I know it's over. But I got to see this offense when they get the ball again, you know? And they scored another 14 in the fourth quarter. And they just keep humming at you. And by the way... In no particular order, we know, we know the best players in the NFL, like Mahomes and Allen and Burrow and Justin Jefferson and Micah Parsons, right? And like TJ Watt, we know all that. Aiden Hutchinson might be in there very soon. You know, hell, Brock Purdy might be in there very soon. Devo Samuel, maybe some people have him in there. Christian McCaffrey is absolutely in there, right? There's all these guys who we say, okay, the best players in the NFL, who's the top player? Who's the top three, the top five, the top 10, the top, you know, who has to be in the conversation? Fred Warner, he's got to be a top 10 player in the NFL. He was everywhere. He had a sack in this game. He had eight total tackles. He had five solo, and he is a menace. He had an interception in this game. He's everywhere. He's north-south. He's side-to-side. He's picking the ball off. He's always around the football in the ground game. He's getting to the quarterback. He is impossible to slow down. They had four sacks, by the way. Armstead, Bosa. Warner Greenlaw coming at you everywhere, everywhere on this football field. Hargrave, I mean, this is this team's the best team in the NFL. And you know what? I'll end with this. All the talk in the beginning of the season: AFC, 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 AFC. Bills, Dolphins, right? Ravens, Brown, uh, uh, Bengals. Excuse me, Jaguars, right? Chiefs. You know, are the Chargers going to rise up? All these teams, all these teams, the elite coaches, the elite quarterbacks, the elite systems, everything there, right? Plus, Sean Payton's been added. Right? All these things that we talked about. The two best teams are in the NFC. Maybe the three best teams are in the NFC. Can you argue Detroit in that spot? I don't know if I'm going to go that far. I think Kansas City's still got to be considered. You're 4-1 and and haven't played anywhere near A-plus football. I think you still got to consider, you know, Miami in the conversation, but then you go, well, wait a minute, what about Buffalo? And then coming off the Jacksonville loss, you're like, eh, but yet Buffalo beat the Dolphins. So there's a lot to unpack. But as far as the 1-2, there's no doubt. No doubt. For me, it goes San Fran and then Philadelphia. There's your NFL Week 5 recap. ML Sports Platter, thank you for listening as we are brought to you by our awesome friends over at Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay. Hey, make sure you head on over to Chick-fil-A of uh, Cicero and Clay. Right now, though, the only location that's open is the Clay location. And, of course, Um, You got to stop by, man, because the Cicero location currently has uh, all that construction going on. Uh, chicken tenders, waffle fries stop by for breakfast. The the the, the breakfast bowls are amazing. Uh, it's just absolutely positively terrific uh, over at Chick-fil-A and you can get their tasty cookies and milkshakes and more. Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Chick-fil-A is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor and a huge thank you as well to Stumble and Monkey Brewing Company Elevate Fitness of Syracuse and Trey Woluski of Under Armour Golf. Hey make sure you buy Under Armour Golf and other apparel direct from Trey Woluski and get your gear for wholesale that's right no middleman markup and you can email Trey PGA sales that's Trey PGA sales at gmail.com Trey Waluski of Under Armour Golf is a proud ML sports platter sponsor hey as I always tell you enjoy the games this is john serino at ch insurance over the years the orange have set a great example of teamwork it's what we strive for every day with our talented team clients and partners follow us on social media go su we're in your corner thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform